0: Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports, have some lunch, on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.58 WRUF.
1: Welcome into Hour 2 of Sports Scene. We appreciate you listening on this Thursday. Not quite sure what day it is. I've been on the road so much here. Uh, but We are at uh, Hoover, Alabama, side of the SEC baseball tournament. And uh, if you're just tuning in, Ole Miss and Georgia uh, were playing the opening game today, losers bracket game. Georgia trailing 2-1, to one, and it, it just started to pour. And it is pouring as I speak. I mean lightning and heavy rain, and, and it looks like uh, our game tonight, which is going to be the late game, might be even later. But we'll find out. In Gainesville, super regional in softball. Texas A&M visits Florida. Amanda Scarborough is covering that for ESPN, and she's going to join us now, courtesy of our producer Andrew. Amanda, welcome. Um, I'm going to ask because here it's just been crazy with delays and all of that. <laughs> so, as a player, you know, with that tropical system that might hit the state of Florida, does a coach talk about that, or is that just something you handle when it happens?
0: I think you kind of give them a the heads up. I, I don't think you cover it too much, but I think that it's pretty fair to give the players a little bit of a heads up as they're probably not all meteorologists on the team and don't have somebody <laughs> just feeding them information. so uh, I, I think you give them a little heads up, like yeah, uh, when it gets closer to game time, you know not now, but um, closer to our game time, which would be seven p m here, so I, I think that that's fair because they need to think about their routine and warming up and everything and and planning that out.
1: These two teams met earlier in the season. Does this matter at all, the result of what happened earlier in the year?
0: I think so, man. Florida just ran right over A&M, and A&M just looked a little bit intimidated by Florida. And that's the thing that, that Tim Walton has created at Florida is kind of this allure, this intimidation of when opponents go to play them, they win just by putting on the jersey, or at least they they get like that little bit of an edge even going into the game because the opponent has seen them compete for national championships year in and year out and be one of the best teams in softball over the past, what, seven to eight years. So, the way that he's just structured this program, it's tough for a team like AM to come in to Gainesville and play them Is Florida's really good um, on on their home field. And the fact that Florida swept A&M pretty handedly the last time, it's not going to be easy for A&M. However, at the same time, a team like AM uses that for motivation to come in here and be like, wait, that's not really how we play.
1: Well, I was going to ask you that. If, if you're the coaching staff at a and You know, what are you telling your team? How can they, in your view, win this Super Regional?
0: They're going to have to pitch better. They give way too many free passes to Florida, and that, in my mind, is the biggest way of showing a little bit of fear towards Florida is just how many free passes that they get because pitchers are so scared to make a mistake. So I think that it all starts in the circle every single time and every single game. It starts in the circle, but specifically in this matchup, you have to try to keep Florida off the base pass and really make them earn it because you can't give them too much credit. Florida has a good offense. They don't have a great offense and they have great players like Amanda Lorenz, Nicole Duet, who are powerful, but one through nine, I mean, they, they don't have the best offensive numbers in the country. They rely really on pitching and defense. So with a pitcher going up against the offense, um, of Florida, your main thing is to attack them, is to go right at them, because when they get three balls, uh, this is a crazy stat. When Florida hitters last weekend reached a three-ball count, they reached 81% of the time because they have wow. such good eyes. They put so much pressure on a pitcher, and it, it's just tough. So the a you know, pitchers are going to have to attack them and, and show more of uh, non-intimidated in the circle to go at them, and the rest of the team will feed off of that.
1: Wow, that's a great stat, Amanda.
0: Um, I know, I know. Our stats guy here is amazing, Dan. He's <laughs> great. little shout-out to Dan.
1: Yeah, uh, he deserves that. That's a terrific stat. Um, if if you're a hitter and you're going up against Barnhill and Ocasio, what's the approach? What do you have to do to try and be successful?
0: It's so hard because they're so different, and that's what makes sense. So so good and one of, if not the best one-two punch in the country because Barnhill's going to go up with her rise ball. She has the allure of what makes softball pitching so special um, if a pitcher does have indeed a rise ball and she throws it and she has one of the best ones in the country. But with Opasio, she's more down the zone with her drop ball and a little bit more off speed than Kelly. So they're such a good complement to each other. And because of all the attention that Barnhill has gotten this season and rightfully so with national player of the year last year, Ocasio just kind of flies under the radar, I think. And I think that she's pitching some of her best ball of the season right now, especially coming off of that no hitter to end regionals um, just last weekend. So it's tough to have just one single approach against both of them. Of course, you want to make them throw you a strike because they get a lot of chases, a lot of strikeouts so people swing out of the zone. So if I had to put one collective approach over both of, them, though they're both very different, you have to make them throw strikes.
1: I'm going to ask about some of the other super regionals, Amanda, because I think you know this is obviously dominated by the Pac-12 and the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, how many SEC teams do you think end up going to Oklahoma City?
0: You know, I, I was talking uh, with ESPNU on their Sirius channel just about an hour ago, and I said three. Uh, now, there's two that, you know, for sure a sec team is going to make it because Georgia and Tennessee are going up against each other and and Florida. So there's two automatic bids right there. Um, however, the ones in my mind that uh, could either go one way or the other is South Carolina and Arizona state and LSU and Florida state, which LSU and Florida state, they're playing in Tallahassee. That's the same matchup that they had last year and LSU beat them, um, on the road. So they were, it was a bit of an upset, um, It's going to be tough, and South Carolina, Arizona State's the eight versus the nine. South Carolina has to travel. You always want that home field advantage, and so with these closer tight matchups, the SEC teams are the higher seed, so they're having to play on the road, and that just makes it so tough as in super regional play with softball, 72% of the home teams end up advancing to the Women's College World Series, so they already have that edge. Um, and they're just going to be really well-balanced games, I think, too. So I say three. Um, there's going to be one upset. I, I can't quite put my finger yet on it of which one it's going to be between Carolina, and ASU, Washington, Alabama, and LSU, Florida State.
1: I mean, if somebody asked me this on the air yesterday, and it was a great question, and I think you're way more qualified to answer this than me, and here's the premise <laughs> of the question. He said, you know, in, in college basketball – you you have Cinderella's, you know, almost every year. There's somebody, you know, Loyola, Chicago this year, who came out of nowhere. But you don't see that in in softball as much. It's usually the Blue Bloods who, you know, sort of always win and always go to Oklahoma City. Is that a fair statement, or do you think that, you know, there could be in the near future – I don't want to call it mid-major, but you know where I'm. You know those kinds of teams that could sneak into this.
0: You know, I sure hope so. We used to see Louisiana or ULL, whichever one you want to refer to them, um, and you best know them as. We used to see them pop into the World Series, um, and I think that they're the the most well-known one that's had some time, um, consistent time. They've made several appearances in the World Series in the 2000 you know era. Um, but it's just, it's hard because the pack in the SEC is really where it's at right now. So for the second straight year, all top 16 national seeds advanced to super regionals. And last year was the first time that it happened. So you back it up with this year to make it back to back years that it happens. And it's seeming like it's, it's not, we're not getting closer. To it. and I, I, I think I have the same conversation too, and I'm not quite exactly sure what the reasoning is. I've talked to mid-major coaches, and we'll call them mid-majors too, just I think that's yeah. an easy way to define them. Um, but and and there's just a, a difference, and I think how the players. Um, are getting taken care of, or the expenses that a Power Five can afford versus a mid major, and just what all goes into kind of behind the scenes of everything. And I think that it makes it more appealing, of course, and gets stronger with the Power Five schools to bring in the better talent and to get them to come to your program. And it, the mid majors get kind of left behind in that, I think.
1: I'm going to end with two last questions. Um, you know, in baseball, they all, I mean, I can, I've been doing Gator baseball broadcasts for a while now, and I can remember it wasn't that many years ago. You know, if somebody was throwing 93, 94. Wow, that guy can throw. Well, now even in college, it seems like all these guys do that. Well, in <laughs> softball, you know, that now you're seeing more power pitchers, you know, more, more kids throwing harder. Do you think that trend will continue in softball?
0: Yeah, I think so. It's just because the knowledge continues and the the information continues to get so good and so much research going into biomechanics and workouts and recovery and taking care of a pitcher's arm, like everything. You think about all the knowledge that's on the internet and the spread of it and coaches just communicating with each other and sharing knowledge. And that only leads to more success. It leads to more spin on a pitcher's breaking stuff and also more velocity because um, all these players, too, are not only getting individually better, but when somebody individually gets better, then they push the people that are around them. So it raises everybody else up, too. So I think that um, there's only going to be a continued incline in in what you're seeing out of these pitchers 100% for those reasons.
1: So who wins the Super Regional?
0: Uh, With Florida and Mm -hmm. (laughs) A&M. You know I went to A&M, right? I know. know, That's uh, kind of why I asked. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. And from an unbiased perspective, I I would pick Florida. Um, And and A&M is playing some of their best ball from last weekend. They played very well in their regional, outscoring their opponents 29-5. to They were hitting the ball well. But Florida is such a tough team to beat twice. In the past three years, I think that they've only had like two or three series losses in SEC play because total, total, complete, like not just individual game losses, but series losses. They're so hard to beat two times. So if I, if, you know, maybe A&M pulls one game away, but it would be a huge upset if Florida lost two games to A&M.
1: Okay. Amanda, I appreciate your time uh, funded to the, the, the interview with you. Let's hope the weather cooperates, and uh, uh,
0: thank you for doing it. No, All right. Yeah. Send us um, some sun vibes. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot for doing it.
0: Bye.
1: Amanda Scarborough, you got it. Thank you. Amanda Scarborough, she did go to A&M, but uh, she's got coverage of the Super Regional in Gainesville. And I, I thought she explained the, uh, and again, players' perspective – you know, why you don't see a lot of, you know, quote, mid-majors, unquote, crack this. You know, it's the it's the teams that, the SEC teams, Pac-12 teams mainly, that do that. Uh, Okay, rest of the time, it's going to be us, and I hope you will call and talk some sports with us. We had a lot of good calls in the first hour, and we hope that they will continue. 392-8255, if you'd like to email the show. S. Russell at WRUF.com. Andrew is producing today. So if you have a uh, Facebook Live question you want to get in, get it to Andrew, and uh, he will go on and uh, give it to us, and he'll pass it along. By the way, somebody called and wanted to know the uh, schedule, I think, today of the baseball games. And again, it is still raining here. Uh, which means in all likelihood Florida's game tonight is not going to start at 8.30 Eastern time. It's going to be a long day and night here. Uh, but anyway, um, the first game today was Georgia-Ole Miss. Losers, loser goes home. Ole Miss leading 2-1 to one in the seventh inning before rain came. Then LSU plays South Carolina in a loser-go-home game after that then the winners from last night uh will play uh the first game before florida Um, and after that it'll be florida and arkansas so uh just wanted to pass that along that first game auburn texas a&m and texas a&m by the way has not even used its top flight pitching yet and they were a team that came in here probably needing some help you know to get some wins to sort of solidify their regional process and they got they've gotten two big wins so uh, those are the teams that are left and some other teams will go home after today um, let's see we're gonna get to Phil's email Mike's email we're gonna get to your um uh, Calls, emails, questions, and comments. One seventeen time check brought to you by Hayes Prestige Jewelry, where the answer is always yes. ESPN, ninety-eight one FM, eight fifty AM, WRUF.